Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and with me is Sunanda Vashisht. How are you, Sunanda? Good. How are you, Adit? Good, good. And we're very pleased to have uh, be joined by our guest, uh, columnist, author and uh, somebody whose pieces on mind makers. Um, uh, I know we always look forward to his perspective. Akshar, oh, they go viral. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Akshar Prabhudesai from California. Uh, right now he's in Houston, though. So welcome to. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Yes. So um, uh, before we get started um, uh, going on, what's been on your mind, Akshar? Like any specific issue that's been on your mind before we cover or? Uh, I think the readers who have read my columns would know that I'm most passionate about education and the Right to Education Act and the related issues. Absolutely. So we'll talk about the education for sure, education sector. But before that, I want to talk about the issues that have dominated the week. Mm -hmm. One is the, um, I am... Kind of stopping short of calling it India's Me Too movement or something because we love to put it put stuff in brackets. But there have been it started with a call co- comedian from or a writer of AIB being outed by a victim about what he did and he sent very lewd graphic pics to her, and then it started a series of uh, victims, uh, courageous victims speaking out about what happened to them, how they were in some cases assaulted and other things. So um, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, then we'll talk about uh, Vladimir Putin's visit to India, uh, which hasn't been discussed was it, was it much. Twenty four hours is all he was in. Yeah, I think less than that. The well, I mean, Russian media would say 24 hours is all Mr. Putin needs. <laughs> so uh, that's there. Uh, uh, then there is also the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation. Uh, we'll talk about Sabrimala and RTE. That uh, Akshar definitely we want his view on what it means and what's the way forward. And then we'll talk a little bit about the the journalist in the the in who was killed. Assassinated, assassinated for this all morning. practical purposes by Saudi mm-hmm. government. Yeah, this morning, yeah. So, <clears throat> let's... It's not this morning. We don't know when it was done, but uh, the news came out. Turkish government finally said that, yes, he has been assassinated in the consulate by a team of 15 members who had come from Saudi. Really? Yes, Unbelievable. assassinated. Unbelievable. That's what the... Um, yeah, I, I still I'm haven't read the report in uh, detail. Somebody, I'm waiting for the West to pick it up. By the way... Um, as you all know, uh, Saudi Arabia has a place in United Nations Human Rights Council yeah, that's and, in the, and in the past has chaired it also. So um, for them to assassinate a journalist, well, hmm. I mean, is it been proven yet? The who's going, who, whose word is against who? I mean, Turkish government has said that he's I... missing and uh, Washington Post has been raising this issue for a long time. Yesterday, they published a black space under his name and they said, we are waiting for him to come back and write. Hmm. Uh, and he had gone to, I was reading about it, he had gone to the consulate, Saudi consulate in Turkey because he wanted some paperwork to be done. I think he was getting married or something. So he was shot inside the campus of the consulate? Yes, wow. he was shot inside the, so according to Geneva um, Agreement, as you know, then there is no, yeah. um, Turkey can do a thing about yeah. it because this was their consulate. So it's technically That's Saudi territory, you know. So they couldn't do anything. So a team of 15 members came and he was assassinated. On I don't, I'm not calling it murder, I'm calling it assassination. So my heart goes out, you know, for all fellow journalists, you know, people who yeah. put themselves online I, out there because he was critical of the, um, uh, you know, House of South, he was critical of the kingdom. Um, but guys, 
this is real dissent and this is what happens in fascist powers and that's what i want people to understand when you use words like fascism and dictatorship and all that loosely please understand what you are doing and that actually um, goes very well with your me too thing you know don't use words don't throw words have meaning and use them responsibly so don't go around talking about violence and harassment and things like that without you know uh, i can say that adit harassed me into um, talking into this um, <laughs> podcast today even though i was unwell but that's not harassment you know let's let's define terms so people also need to be very very careful when they um, use any kind of terminology and i will talk more about it when you come so it's well it started with uh, and i wanted akshar's view on that initially and then we'll go we'll yeah. talk it started with um, a chap called utsav chakraborty who was um, who was uh, who sent who was accused by a survivor that he sent um, pictures uh, lewd graphic pictures um, uh, to to her and then he came out with a, this weird sort of uh, uh, concession tweets thread or something where i initially didn't even see the word sorry then yeah. he's alleged to have told that um, and then it started a series of things and then it found out that apparently the comic group aib the person leading it knew about it few and did absolutely nothing and then he said that oh i um, i actually confronted him personally but that's not enough right yeah, yeah. so akshar what are your initial views on that so i think uh, i think the good thing that is happening is that people are coming out openly right and you know telling the world and telling the world that uh, you know they are they have been abused or what these guys are doing mm-hmm. and i think i think that's a great thing mm-hmm. uh, but we should also hold accountable the bosses of these people who are employing this guys Correct. Mm-hmm. right and they knew about this they still kept quiet and only when it was hurting their popularity they feel compelled to take some action or say mm. i sorry or i screwed up but i don't think that's enough first of all i must say i'm very glad that they if they believe that this is hurting their popularity because it should yeah of course this it should this is a very serious offense and it should and then i saw some people like this kunal kamra and mallika dua and all that said oh we must question ourselves and then someone was like oh the whole we have to question men in general see mallika dua said uh, a billion men send lewd messages really uh, so, so are, they, are you part of that billion <laughs> yeah yeah i have some opinion on that as well to send a regular message also i myself hi hello you know i just don't like these generalizations oh billion men do this no billion men don't yeah. do this i am surrounded by the most no, wonderful and, and, men no and so that this is the thing uh, i'll come i'm coming to you mm-hmm. once because it it enrages me because we cannot trivialize this we issue. cannot this trivialize it's a very yeah, serious very issue. issue so um, you know i i even like I, i you know how i am so that i mean yeah. jokes on anything but i'm very careful about yeah. even making a joke on somebody's very moronic tweet about this because this is something very serious happening to someone and if you cannot question your friends um, you know say that okay i these are my friends and i feel a little it's better to be judged as a hypocrite than a fraud when you say give a mm-hmm. give a complete inane homily and then when you give this uh, give this rubbish about feminism and stuff like that 6 months ago one year ago when tvf's co-founder ke against allegation the and tanmay but was jumping the gun where the hell was all this and at that time apparently either that time or after that this complaint must have happened right right so where was all this attitude these are the quote unquote new liberal progressive voices who idolize uh, themselves on this john uh, john oliver and people like that but 
But John Oliver, when he was on a stage with Dustin Hoffman, he ripped the shit out of Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Not even because he was accused. Yeah. And let let me add that John Oliver is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> Unlike he, the AIB yeah. people, in my opinion. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm saying that John Oliver did not care that Dustin Hoffman was such a big star. Yeah. But these guys can't even question. Them. And then you had somebody like this Radhika Vaz, whose idea was that oh, we should buy more tickets to female comedy comedy show. How is that? related to this anyway yeah exactly and i think i just want to talk about the other side of this issue hmm. that is see in, traditionally in the dating world right no guy approaches a girl with a contract saying that you know hmm. uh, this is this is a proposal sign it and so on i mean we are human beings and in the dating game guys have to approach girls in some way and there are certain social norms hmm. there are certain lines that we cannot cross hmm. but you know people always linger around that line and i think that's fine too it's just that we shouldn't invade the private space of the girl and we should understand that a no means no yeah. but let's not generalize to all men are bad or all men who approach right. to girl are bad and those sort or, of things or or even dating for that matter yeah. men and women will always date what is this nonsense yeah. so i mean then, then things will happen but no no let me put a sense of perspective here what is me too me too really is when somebody a man or this is the way i define it and i think this is the way it should be defined and i'm actually going to write about it me too can apply to a man or a woman and i insist that a man or a woman who is in a position of power mm-hmm. and uses that power to get sexual favors or any other favors and in absence of being given consent will damage that person in uh, you know in their work or psychologically or physically or in their career that is the real yeah, problem yeah and the here. consent is also consent yeah consent is important that, but that is if you important. are i mean there are two students who are you know completely equals you know in their thing or two interns or something and one of them is a jerk and one of them is not that's not a me too really yeah, that is being right. in a bad relationship it's walk a relationship out. that you regret that is a relationship you 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 been but, with but a jerk you... walk out of it but that is not a societal problem that's between the yes. two of no, you can so I have to add something to this, yeah. and 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 people forget because we, uh, three of us actually have been in United States when the Me Too thing broke out. So we've actually seen it, heard about it in very close quarters. When you see TV shows, I think what the what was the major feature about Me Too wasn't just the fact that these guys were outed, that people actually pointed to a system which systematically suppressed such complaints or systematically looked away when people like Harvey Weinstein were accused. Yes. and that is what me too is all about not just the accusers yes Correct. also Correct. the system and yes. that is where this this thing comes very close to that the comic was accused a couple of years ago yes. but a system actually suppressed it because they were too chicken to take on their own and then they come out and say idiot idiot make idiotic statements or not idiotic statements but make politically correct statements about feminism standing with the women and do this shit when it comes to their workplace yeah. i am sorry you are a bunch of hypocrites and nothing else right and they are an accomplice absolutely yeah right yeah, yeah bunch uh, of hypocrites and then you can't say that oh we need to rethink there is no rethinking yeah. <laughs> you are just wrong i mean that rethink may appear in your brains but in sane people who actually look at this there is no rethinking about it 
critique on that and uh, not critique a serious critique on the supreme court judgment and also a satirical take on that uh, and I, I, I repeat people taken. please read the disclaimer it is satire we said it my god some people thought it was serious okay. ashish nareri wrote a brilliant satire and he said and he actually talked to me and he said you know when the sabrimala thing came i was so frustrated that i did not know what to do so he actually wrote a mm-hmm. satire which said that there is a pil being lodged in the supreme court against all male deities okay <laughs> and so, people took it seriously took it seriously people were fighting with me yesterday yeah. but that was the idea that was the idea that you know, at least good that they read and good that they got jolted out of it and they no, got somebody said why, why waste my time on reading something non serious and but to credit so people have also come out and support people are like because there are they actually hit at some issues oh, that we yeah, didn't even think about yeah. or that he hit them where it hits the other side the yeah. most took them took it in a very satirical way no but it was a brilliant satire it was a brilliant you know it takes a lot of effort to write a satire like that but what do you think about the protests sakshar that are happening in kerala right now all the women out there everywhere i, I think it's amazing you know and it shows that how disconnected our supreme court justices are uh from the ground realities the sentiments of the people and so on and not to mention about that their understanding or applying of the judicial principles itself is something that i don't agree with and uh, i think we should see more protests like this so that there is enough pressure on the justices who just want to play for the galleries Yeah, and that's absolutely. what yeah and then uh, again credit to the lawyers like Sandeep and yes. others who have been doggedly pursuing i would uh, urge a 90 minute talk that is on youtube which he explains about him his that thing and other issues also yeah. Sandeep that do read please yeah and, and i think whenever a community is pushed into a corner it might appear that they are helpless you know they are losing and the other side is winning and so on but there will always be some good high quality fighters from the 5% of that larger group who will come out and fight your battles and then we can rally behind them and i think saidipak is one of those guys i think also i think what has done this is also prompted a debate amongst the community in itself mm-hmm. about uh, first about of course the sabrimala issue but also about uh, temples government control yes uh, uh, where does the supreme court come in um, what where can the state come in because what is the role of state in religion the because and then you had the delhi based media or something almost supporting the supreme court decision but you have the kerala politicians who are ostensibly not uh, right of center yeah. kind of opposing the thing yeah. so where does is the left right divide on this also yes. so it it's prompting some very fascinating debates i think yes. absolutely and, and and as the as the old saying goes ki manthan mein se hi amrit nikalta hai yes it's manthan mein se kya nikle no there's a churn going on there it is, is no it's a churn oh. going on so uh, let's see what happens but as i always said and in fact in after shabri mala i said and i talked to um, sai also these are civilizational battles guys i mean there will be uh, setbacks there is no point in saying oh we are doomed and we are done and no, somebody no we are not yeah. somebody sent me a picture oh this morning and it was in a museum with dinosaurs i see hindus as a di- as dinosaurs in museum next 5 month i mean years or something i'm like no don't say that yeah we our enemies survive. wish for that but it's not uh, going it's to not happen it's not going to happen it's not going to happen so while we should understand the problems we also don't need to be overtly sensational these are civilizational battles we'll fight them we will fight them out we will have them i understand we have lost a lot and we have you know uh, we have gained lot less than we have lost there but we're still than, fighting there are more than a, there are around a billion indics all around the world with 
more than a billion stories to tell about yeah. indic civilization yeah. indic civilization is not going yes. away anytime soon i agree i agree all we have to do is the debate is whether it can be stronger or push above its own weight yeah. Yeah. or can it will it be burdened by its own weight yes and the real i where i see us from going is we are pushing above our own weight we are. how harder is what we have to debate yes any final thoughts akshar yeah i i think uh, uh, the community is like an elephant you know elephant is a large animal it doesn't get annoyed by small animals around <laughs> it you know but when it gets angry everybody has to uh, get scared so yeah. I, i think that's what will happen eventually here too yeah interesting absolutely so next the next part we'll talk about rt putin and then end with brett kavanaugh so um since we got one of the expert voices on rt or one someone who's very passionate about it we cannot let akshar go without a discussion on rt so rt for all our listeners who don't know i mean if you don't know then you're probably not listening to our podcast <laughs> rt is the right to education uh, <clears throat> was passed in about 2012 i think right in yes. india yes. and uh, hotly debated uh, uh, passed by the upa it is where it, the the problems against it which have been highlighted by a lot it's only it's only selectively applied mm-hmm. to certain schools i think minority schools are exempt from rt yes um, and that's that's prompted a lot of debate um, reality check india uh, the twitter account has done some very interesting work yes. on rt and akshar himself has written some fabulous pieces on it so without further ado akshar what is the current state of rt do you have you seen any changes or do you expect to see any changes uh, i mean there has been absolutely no changes i mean uh, the only good thing that has happened recently is the hindu charter of demands mm. who have acknowledged the rt issue and uh, they are working on taking it to a broader audience so that every person <coughs> understands it i i think that's the only civil lining here and uh, can you explain the impact of rt on an average indian family yes uh, i'll come to that mm. uh, so, so i think that what is wrong with rt is that it's of course a bad law mm. but it's also a bad law that is selectively applied to schools mm. by looking at the religion of their management mm. which makes no sense i mean there is there is no absolutely no country in the world whether it's uh, saudi arabia whether it's pakistan whether it's north korea or canada or greece nobody does this sort of things mark to vaise bhi diversity nahi hai so no but still yeah so, yeah. Yeah. so no, th- even, they have the concept of religious minorities mm-hmm. then minority institutions in even in usa uh, these issues have uh, have been raised but mm-hmm. nobody even claims nobody even wants to suggest that uh, we can create a law about education which applies to some schools but doesn't apply to some school just because the religion religion of the management is different mm. which makes no sense and coming to your question as to how it affects uh, average person average families that see the children's are most influenced by their peers mm. you know they go to school they look at their friends they look at what is school right mm. and they just want to copy their peers mm. and that's how they get influenced they don't get influenced by what is written in the textbook or what the teacher is saying all the time it's not just about education it's about passing a values from a generation to the younger generation so under rt what happens is that indian government has almost killed schools which are run by any hindu management right they don't have any freedom to admit their kids they have to give 25% of the seats for free to others mm-hmm. or rather free to government so they just can't control who comes in and sits on those benches So, right so it's controlled by government parameters and they can't build a human capital so they can't predict who will be their alumnus 20 years down the line now look at the minority institutions they have 100% freedom to charge whatever fee they want 
they have the freedom to admit whoever they want, reject whoever they want. This gives them a capability to identify who are the people they want to be their alumni 20 years down the line. The children of politicians. Let me ask you yeah. something. If RTE were to be applied to minority institutions as well, mm -hmm. would you have no problem with the law then? So then I'll join hands with the minority institutions and demand a complete repeal. Because, oh. yeah, I think it's a bad law, but it, what makes it a tyranny is that it's being applied to only to, only to Hindus. And that's like applying a jizya tax, you know, it's a tax on you just because you are Hindus. And uh, I mean, look at the Thakre Parivar, they all went to Bombay Scottish School. Mm. It's a minority institution. They have Bombay in their name and they have never demanded they change yeah, it to did. Mumbai, right? Because it's their, they are alumni of that institute and the principal can just make a phone call and get things done. Whereas the Hindu school is struggling. Yeah. Right. Uh, so what is the way forward? I mean, we all agree, I think, in a big majority that RTE is a bad law. We also agree that minority institutions should either be part of it or there should be no RTE. Yes. We also agree on that thing. But we also know that it's a constitutional amendment. Hmm. And we also know that despite the fact that people like us, and we've been talking about this even before 2014, if you remember, some of us who are very very vocal about it the ordinary guy in delhi and bombay is doesn't even care about rte that much so in absence of a complete you know um a mass movement mm -hmm. against a law mm -hmm. even though it is bad and we know it is bad but there is no mass movement against it what do we do so i think by the nature of this issue i mean people who don't have children in school they are not going to care about it because yeah. they have no skin in the game right but this is these are uh, this is one of those issues where we just need handful of people who understand it they are, who are very hardcore and they are in the positions of power where they can influence things mm -hmm. and uh, I, I mean i would have said if the government had at least reimbursed the schools with the RTE dues, that would have been a good step to begin with. Okay, you can't repeal it because, you know, you need numbers in the Rajya Sabha or whatever. But what is preventing you from at least paying the RTE dues? Because you have not paid them for last four years. And every year you don't pay those dues. The news is tightening around these uh, schools because their cash reserves are going down. And they have to increase the fees or wind up their operations and... Uh, or resort. And that is affecting a lot of people who are middle class people who are, have to pay crazy fees for yeah, their kids. Yeah, ab absolutely. They can't afford, I mean, the school fees. I, I went there and I, I talked to my friends and they were shocked. Mm -hmm. Is they were, There are people who are actually like, it's like we, they can't afford to get two kids right now yeah. just for the school fees. And I mean, that is ridiculous. That should not even be, you know, criteria yeah. of whether you want it or not. But that's that's what it seems like. Mm -hmm. yeah. Scary. So <clears throat> anyways, so the, the way forward is, and I think we also lay, do you think this change can come from the government or ministry of HRD? Or do you think that come that change will have to come from the people talking to the government about uh, it? I, I think by all the signs that the government probably doesn't care, the MHRD has not even shown an understanding of the issue, let alone acknowledging it. Uh, uh, so I think they won't move unless they see that people that care about ground it. Ground of support. Yes, and there, there will be few votes that <coughs> and, they are going to lose. And I want to add something also. Like a lot of people make, so is they, they have a concern about rewriting of history textbooks or something. Mm -hmm. Don't conflate two issues with that and the RT. Yeah. The RT is a complete... No, because then people say, oh, uh, we'll just merge all these issues and approach the ministry by then. That's not how it works. Yeah. And you I... You have to separate them out. Separate them out and also prioritize because yeah. you need to see what is the impact. 
because you think that by adding a chapter on Rana Pratap that the kids will suddenly be patriotic. That's I mean, rubbish. you have maths textbooks, right? How many kids can do maths properly? Mm-hmm. They can't because they, I mean, for whatever reason, that. that is not transferring into their head. <laughs> so just by editing textbooks, you are not going to make a big difference. Exactly. But RT is something that impacts the current generation, next generation, and yeah. Yeah, some very interesting points what? back, Shah. And whatever, Sunanda, anything you want to add? No, I just, I, my point at the moment is that I do understand that RT is a bad law, but I have to be very honest. I really don't see any government repealing it mm-hmm. because I don't see the mass well for it. Unless there is a groundswell of it, unless we are able to create a pressure group, unless we are able to have people knock at the doors of parliament or people tell the representatives that, listen, we're not going to vote for you unless we're going to make it an election issue. Mm-hmm. I don't see it getting repealed either by this government or that government or any right wing or extreme right wing or extreme left or any wing government. Mm-hmm. See, why, what, what is the so motivation? <laughs> what is the motivation? No what is the mo- motivation for any politician? You know, yeah. it's uh, a re-election, re-election essentially. So unless no, you so make that, it about a, an no, election, no, 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 there, so there is a problem here. It's not even about politician. Do the voters realize the impact of IT? That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. my first yeah. question Only was. then will they make it an um, election issue. issue. Yeah. And once exactly. you make it an election issue, then there is no way that your representative will not listen to you. Exactly. Yes. exactly. So yeah, I think the Hindu Charter of Demands is partially doing it, yeah. but it needs to happen from other quarters right. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So before we end the podcast, um, let a brief talk about uh, Vladimir Putin visiting India. The S-400 deal was a very mm-hmm. yes. big achievement. Um, credit to Manohar Parikar who negotiated the amount down and in, in, saved the Indian yes. checker a lot of money. Yes. And uh, I think the Indian Russia, you know, how do you view this in terms of the realigning of India vis-a-vis US? You think yeah. Indian Russian relationship will be unaffected by it? Uh, I mean, I, I don't have much insights into this. Yeah. But uh, but on the face of it, what do you think, Sunanda? No, I think it is. I don't think India has already made it clear that, you know, whatever our relationship with Russia, it's not going to uh, impact exactly. any mm-hmm. uh, anybody else. And that is the cornerstone of Indian diplomacy. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was, um, you'll remember, Adit, when I was uh, uh, moderating a talk with Alyssa Ayers, I think it was in January, I told her, in April maybe, and I was telling her, I said, you know, do you know, and she's obviously um, part of the American establishment, I was just telling her, I said, I I understand how it is frustrating for the United States, but Indian Prime Minister is the only one who can, in the space of one month, receive Palestinian president in Delhi, go to um, Israel and have a proper bilateral there mm-hmm. and in between receive Putin um, somewhere. And also strike deals with Iran at the same time. Strike deals with Iran at the same time. So Indian, uh, we have come to that point now. Mm-hmm. So it does frustrate America because they only look at like our friends are your friends and our enemies are your the enemies. Binary view, the binary view. Oh. India does not have that binary view. Indian foreign policy I think is a very mature foreign policy that we are going to look after our interests we're not going to care what you think so we are going to have a relationship with Iran well, we I are say, going to have a relationship with America and we are going to have a relationship with Russia I say that is the strongest endorsement of Indian Indic civilization where none of the Indic uh, Indic civilization has a binary view we don't have yes, a binary view there is no concept of plus so minus I don't, right? yes. so see I've always said that we shouldn't worry too much about yeah we can engage in that great 
Indian head shake, which yes. is a yes or no, or maybe yeah, in between. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> it we, be maybe yes, maybe no, yeah. or neither of all. And yeah. we don't have to worry about. We are never going to be allies with the United States of America. The fact that we are able to have a two plus two, despite not being an ally, is a great. um you know acknowledgement of what this is, fact so don't worry about allies don't worry about this america will come around every country will come no, around let's do our bit what is going to be let's become a trillion dollar economy no, and what is going to impact us though is the oil sanctions on iran which start in november because right now the rising oil prices in india which again saw a very uh, i i supported the government in reducing the taxes but they should not have done where they passed the 1 rupee on the oil companies there were yeah. other creative ways of uh, absorbing that 1 rupee loss and that tanked the stock markets of india like oil stocks like 20 and 20% and guess who lost the most money government of india because it's a 50 it's of more than 50% owner of this country that has more than 50% stock <laughs> so it was a hairbrain decision i think they should have reduced the prices no question but they should have given it a thought i mean i was just so i think the thing is our relationship are is going to be tested on these grounds also when the oil sanctions hit if the oil prices go up what is the rupee versus dollar where the rupees are almost at a 74 with yeah. the dollar so yeah Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, the Indian economy stabilizes, and for the finance minister Arun Jaitley has a tough year ahead or a very challenging six months ahead. October, because the stock markets have taken such a tumbling, is October is the thing to watch out. Absolutely. For. So, anyways, that's there. Um, last thing before we end about the Brett Kavanaugh. So, the U.S. Senate confirmed Brett Kavanaugh as the Supreme Court justice, and the Democrats are uh, meltdown. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, really too much of winning for the Republicans, and I can see why <laughs> the Democrats are frustrated. And uh, yeah, I think the sad thing about the entire Brett Kavanaugh confirmation was that there was so much focus on those the sexual misconduct allegations that we re- really didn't get to hear. Um, What his positions were? Yeah, on the yeah. other critical issues and. Uh, his uh, decisions in past and all those sort of things because there was so much uh, media and, attention and, was and, on and that one again, issue and then again and those allegations were very troubling might i add like what the, they were made and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. which goes to what we were saying in the first place doesn't matter whether they would be 2 years later 30 years later 40 years later they were troubling but the problem was that even the democrats who are not pursuing this thoroughly like we we you had more of in the end it became a political debate exactly yeah and and sad because sad. because i mean of course it was a political debate but then this needed to be pursued even more and it's kind of shocking that the uh, the republicans even didn't weren't even serious about an fbi inquiry or anything like that on that and the result of that was of course no one knows what the hell he stands on stands yeah. for yes so I don't know. It's a very bizarre moment for US, where there were some very. What are your views, Sunil, about the allegations against him and stuff like See, that? See, the allegations against him could not be proven beyond a certain point. That is what okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and he was seventeen. What you write in your um, your book when you are seventeen, mm-hmm. you cannot be judged at the age of fifty for that or fifty-five. Yeah. That is stupid. I mean, that's really thing. I mean, all of us have done stupid things when we were twelve yes. or thirteen yes. or sixteen and seventeen. Yes. that is the age and uh, you know uh, so so we don't judge people on what they write in their yearbooks and what they do nothing had really yeah, happened yeah, and all that so 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 all that is there um again but at the same time i do feel that because this became so partisan um that we do not know what 
this man's views are exactly remember and that he is going to be supreme court judge is a very powerful position the, it's a lot more powerful than vote. united states of america president so um i don't know who he is i really don't know and the swing he's going to be the swing vote on a majority of issues Roe versus yeah. wade and yeah. and especially on a supreme court and a country politically so divided right yeah. now yeah mm-hmm. is and it's almost like you know when the democrats are talking about ruth bader ginsburg and stuff it's like all the partisan cloaks or the bi- bipartisan cloaks of the supreme court justices have also been taken out they they were like okay these four are the people that are democrat leaning these four are republican leaning yeah. and yeah. that's how we'll talk about them yeah so uh, very very yeah. troubling times ahead for uh, american politics but as america goes into the election year we have to see uh, by the way india elections have been announced and as promised starting state elections don't scare people and any state elections state elections yeah. not the real one this guy madhya pradesh apna bol real one ye bhi real one hi hai i know but not the general one <laughs> madhya pradesh chatisgarh rajasthan uh, telangana and mizoram mm. and we'll talk more about them next week and the weeks to come yeah it's still about 4 5 weeks out so Uh, as the predictions come in and stuff so um um uh, before we end um uh, we'll go for our recommendations so akshar any recommendation you have uh, yes i have a recommendation for a book uh, it's one of my favorite books and one of my favorite authors mm-hmm. it's called a blank slate by uh, dr steven pinker mm-hmm. so he's a linguist and psychologist mm-hmm. and uh, he has been writing some amazing books and blank <coughs> slate deals with a very fundamental issue that what makes us what we are mm. whether it's nature or nurture and we have some amazing hindi movies you know where you see that a cop takes a young kid from a avara for example yeah, is a great movie on nature and nurture from some goons family mm. right and he grow that child grows up to be more virtuous honest cop right whereas his real biological child yeah. turns out to be a criminal and people have been debating this issue what makes us what we are whether it's nurture or the nature yeah. and i think pinker uh, very beautifully tells us through the perspectives of evolutionary biology mm. uh, genetics and so on as to which are the factors that truly impact us and this this i think this book has very good implications for people who are raising young children and uh, you at some point you need to acknowledge that as parents we don't really have that much control on our kids mm-hmm. and a lot of things in their life will be probably determined by their genetic makeup yeah. and the peers and various factors that are beyond our control very interesting actually um, avara was based on uttaramayan and uttaramayan actually is mm-hmm. also a debate between nature and nurture mm-hmm. so sita is raising these love and kush in the forest not in the uh-huh. um, rajbhavan they don't even know who their father is and yet who is she able to raise you know two warriors two warriors yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uttaramayan is also a um, debate between that and that is what khwaja ahmed abbas took for uh, uh, no, avara because remember he was rajkapur i mean his father played his father in the movie mm-hmm. as well so he was a big judge and he threw the wife uh, leela chitnis out with the son and she raised him in some shanty in some yeah. uh, thing and then he finally grew up but there are some there are some courtroom scenes there yeah. and if you forget the whole romantic track between um, rajkapur and nargis and uh, all that but if you just look at the courtroom scenes between um, nargis who is the lawyer and um uh, uh, prithviraj kapoor who is the judge 
it is a great debate on nature versus nurture no, but then so, also raj kapoor took it further when he made the dharam karam right uh, because again it was the same thing where yeah. raj kapoor and premnath sons are yeah. Uh, yeah. grown up in opposite household yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is a very important debate uh, in civilizational perspective as well because abrahamics typically believe that man is born sinner yeah. right mm. and he needs this gospel or the code yeah. to become more civilized yeah. or a better and uh, whereas probably the hindu civilization believes slightly differently that Very there might be shades of gray great shades of gray is where you know yeah. so so in the your my recommendation actually <coughs> is um about 90 minutes of video that i watched this week about 3 days ago it was a, a debate a culture uh, versus constitution i have actually tweeted it also and it was a debate um i think in uh, Madras Law College or something I I may not get it correctly but it was in uh, Chennai between J Sai Deepak and Suhirt Parthasar I don't get his so last name. So that's the video I was also talking yeah, about. Yeah, Suhirt Parthasar. Yeah. Okay, Suhirt Parthasar thi and J Sai Deepak. I I think they made fabulous interventions. Do remember that this video was recorded before Sabrimala right. um, uh, verdict came out. But some fabulous interventions on both sides. So um culture versus constitution I would recommend that debate. Nature versus nurture and culture culture versus, versus constitution. constitution. fascinating <clears throat> um, uh, times ahead uh, no so i uh, want to recommend this uh, thing because last um, last week was gandhi jayanti and the government of india did this wonderful um, yeah uh, 124 countries joined in to uh, people singers from 124 joined had vaishnava janato tene kahiye and they made this 6 oh, minute song uh, as a tribute to uh, bapu's favorite bhajan vaishnava janato tene kahiye now so <clears throat> beautiful video but one thing i also would recommend is listen to the original the traditional gujarati version of vaishnava janato tene kahiye is by ashitin hemades i mean that's the one recently recorded there are plenty of versions lata has, has her version lata mangeshkar sang it beautifully so do you know who wrote the bhajan so that's what i was coming towards so it was written by narsi mehta okay. and believe it or not it was written more than 600 years ago oh really in yes. the 15th century and it is still relevant right yeah. now it's yes. a very, it gives me goosebumps and even though i don't even understand gujarati mm-hmm. but it is I, i i have never felt that i don't understand yeah. it is just it's such a doesn't it feel like yeah, a language and, that we all understand now you mentioned that it is in gujarati i know I, otherwise I we i never yeah, thought when i was growing up yeah. i never thought this was in gujarati, gujarati. no the, i mean the like janagar mana you know yeah टुडे and so that's what i say that uh, uh, of course bapu it was bapu's favorite bhajan but also remember the guy who wrote it yes someone of nursing that's that's our, it for our podcast this week we'll be back next week with more thank you so much yeah thanks for having me yes great to I have enjoyed you. it thank you